Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Oscar Watch Podcast, the podcast where we look back at past Best Picture winners for your reconsideration. I am your host and greatest showman right now. Right here, Stephen Buja, and joining me, the lovely assistant, Amy Thomason. Amy, how are you doing today? Feeling very like a lovely assistant. Feeling like a lovely assistant. I was going to say that. You totally stole my thunder on that. Um... Sorry, I think you're. I mean, because because you're not a you're you're not the rival because we're because we're we're a team. But you're not an assistant either. You're you're we 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 we'd have like this like I'm weird. Like, I'm I'm the double. You're you're the double. Yes, they people we could totally switch places and nobody would ever any the wiser. Although admittedly, I I I will say this. I have been thinking you need you need to attack you need to take one of these. You need to like run point. On one of these episodes that's something for the new year hello folks we are here today to just have another listener request for you it is the month of december it is our christmas gift to all of you today's film and i'm uh, I'm, I'm very i'm very excited about this one i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna spoil it horribly is the 2006 christopher nolan film the prestige it was written in by a friend of yours Indeed. Joe Casey and his wife Edie Casey, and uh, well, was it was it the most persuasive argument? No, I will read you the email, but just because of the movie, I was looking <laughs> for an excuse to talk about this film so badly, and they offered it to me, and I just like I did a little happy dance. I'm so excited. All right, uh, from Edie and Joe Casey, Christian Bale. Period. Hugh Jackman. Period. <laughs> Michael Caine. Period. ScarJo. Insane hotness, according to my husband. Best adapted screenplay. Best supporting actor. Baylor Jackman. Best editing, with the narration stuff especially. Possibly best directing. Christopher Nolan. His best movie after The Dark Knight. Agreed. The movie was and is still wildly underrated. The acting is phenomenal by Bale and Jackman. The rivalry is deadly and unmatched. The story is original and gives magic a grittiness that was not expected. Why wouldn't Hollywood like this, they asked. Because Tesla has been persecuted his whole life, and now that pot-smoking astronaut is selling his good name with a car company. Good day, sir. Edie Casey and Joe Casey. How could you say that wasn't a persuasive argument? Well, I'm just... It's, 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 it's great, you know, but, you know, it's lovely. It persuaded, it certainly persuaded me. I guess maybe it would be a little... Whatever. Okay, fine. I'm a I'm a terrible I'm a terrible I'm, I'm a terrible critic of uh, of, of narration and, and the written written form. That was, that was incredibly impassioned. It was you know it was impassioned and it was I, I it, it was succinct, succinct. It didn't and honestly I didn't wasn't expecting brevity in these. I wanted like poems written. You for wanted this. like my response to your episode. Yes, exactly. I like I wanted somebody to to be so to be so impassioned. Like I have to bring them on the show and then kick Amy <laughs> off because they're better. That's what I wanted. Never. No. Then we would become rivals, my friend. No, oh, yes, indeed. Oh, become rivals. Set up and, and I set would, up. Opposite. I would lead to your downfall. No. I think. I think. I, honestly, I think most of my most of the audience nowadays are people is people you know. So I would. I'd be like shit. Took all my folks. I would. I know. I know. Uh, I uh, thank you, Edie and Joe, for writing this. We appreciate it very much. I wrote back saying I uh, thought you were crazy that you didn't even talk about David Bowie. Like, come on, he should have been nominated. Clearly, but we're gonna have. We are. We are gonna. We're gonna. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fun. So, Amy, what is your history with this film? And had you have you read the book by any chance? 
No. Based on the book. Okay. Didn't even okay. didn't even know it was a book. All right. Um, you're gonna laugh because my friend Joe Casey and I do this thing where we force each other to watch each other's movies. Mm-hmm. So I watched V is for Vendetta. Okay. Solid. And for him. And this for him. And he watched Splendor in the Grass from 1961, which is in the Amy Thomason top 10. It's in the top five, actually. It is in the top five. The top five. It's All right. Top five. And One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and Network. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Solid films all around. Haven't so I watched fun. this this summer with him. I am not a fan of The Dark Knight, so I would say that out of this Inception and The Dark Knight, this is my favorite of the Christopher Nolan offerings. Sorry, back up. Have you only seen three Christopher Nolan movies? This is true. Okay. No, no, it, it's <laughs> no, I, I. It's no judgment. They are. Are there any other movies? What other movies has he done? He's done Memento, one of the best movies of the 21st century yeah, so far. Interstellar. Interstellar, which has good ideas, but bad execution. Dun- that movie sucks. Dunkirk is great. Uh, Batman Begins, Dark Knight Rises. Do not have to see Dark Knight Rises at all. Batman I'm Begins not- is solid. And uh, and uh, a, uh, a great uh, little little underseen, underrated film called Insomnia as well, which is pretty. It's got Robin Williams as a bad guy, Al Pacino. Remake of a I Swedish have seen film. That. So it's you know it's pretty it's I've pretty okay it. pretty okay. Batman Begins has one of my arch nemeses, the chick who was married to Tom Cruise, is in that. Oh, so therefore, yeah. the entire movie is shit and just not even worth seeing. Dark Knight got rid of her and replaced her with Maggie Gyllenhaal. But How then, did all but, these but the, but then keep they, letting him out of prison? How? And what planet they keep letting him out? They have him. Tom, they have him in a. Tom they Cruise? have the bad guy. No. Oh, jo- oh the, wait, the Joker? Yeah, they keep having him in a cage, and then they're like, oh, I guess we'll let you out. And it's like, what? Well, no, because he, he's... He, no. I'm not going to get into this. Needless to say, it's, in a lot of th- a lot of things, like watching Gotham, I go, you know, we would save a, we'd save so many lives and trouble if we just killed these people, but that's neither here yeah. nor there. Why don't we do that? Okay. I don't get it. Uh, my history with the Prestige. I saw this in uh, 2006 when it came out in theaters. Uh, lo- uh, liked it. Didn't love it, as I recall. But it's one of those films that has grown on me. And this was also this is also one of the times when there was another movie that was about a magician that came out called The Illusionist. And had Edward Norton. It had in it. it had Ed Norton in it. Uh, Je- Jessica Biel, I think, and is garbage it is a garbage movie the magic does not make sense in the world and i hate it when when the, when, a, when a film and a world does something outside of the rules it is it is as established it is impossible for for them to have done what they did at least here they science it up a little bit and i honestly roll with the batshit stuff that's happening but the illusionist is terrible and mom i'm calling you out specifically you liked the illusionist more and i that's one of those things i'm sorry i can't forgive you ever about it's it's not a good movie prestige is better in every way edward norton is very dry in the in the illusionist because he's not in prison ed norton needs to be in prison for it to really work or in fight club and uh, Jessica Biel is not a good actress. Um, no, it's, it's not. It's 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 not a good movie. This is the this is clearly the better movie. 
recently I saw the saw the Prestige was on uh, HBO or Showtime or something like that, and The Illusionist was playing sometime, you know, on some other station. I go even now, twelve years later, they are still fighting it out, and The Prestige is still absolutely crushing it. So well, you also have a, a little thing called Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. Yeah, you got you got a lot of you got a lot of great you got a lot of great stuff. The Prestige was directed by Christopher Nolan, written by his brother Jonathan Nolan, who wrote Memento, uh, created Westworld and Person of Interest, and uh, contributed to the Batman trilogy. Uh, also and, known as shows my dad really loves. I love I love uh, Person of Interest. Is that the one with Jim Caviezel? Yes, it's the one with Jesus. Great. Another another beautiful man. Indeed, indeed. And Christopher Nolan as well. It stars Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Piper Perabo, Scarlett Johansson, Rebecca Hall, Andy Serkis, and David Bowie. Uh, the synopsis goes as follows. Batman and Wolverine fight using magic. The Goblin King and Gollum show up. So does Alfred and Black Widow. Shit's off the hook, yo. That is the official IMDb synopsis. <laughs> Magical mayhem ensues. And yes, uh, it's it's fabulous. And we are going to talk about the Oscars it was nominated for. And all of the Oscars it did not win at the 79th Annual Academy Awards right after this break. Got the ball rolling on this idea. Well, I was given the novel by Christopher Priest. Uh, I was given it by my executive producer, Valerie Dean, about seven years ago. And... She sort of just said to me, well, you'll see a film in it, and I did. Uh, it took a long time for my brother and myself to, to write the script, to figure out from the sprawling book that has so many possibilities in it, to figure out you know, what, what the movie was. And uh, we've been working on it uh, for you know, five or six years, really. We were going to make the film before Batman Begins and then realized we didn't have time to do it justice and still have Batman Begins ready for 2005. So we put it off and I got to come back to it and uh, still found myself fascinated by this extraordinarily mysterious world of stage magicians at a time, working at a time when they were very, very important figures in the entertainment world. We have previously discussed the 79th Annual Academy Awards for the films uh, taking place in 2006. On the show, the Best Picture winner, of course, The Departed, Pan's Labyrinth, Happy Feet, and personal top 100 pick for me, the lives of others. Uh, do go check that out. We have a extensive catalog. We will be talking more about those uh, those films, the nominated films, in the future. And there's certainly another science fiction film from that year that I will be pushing for really heavily, and I look forward to discussing that with you all as well. The Prestige itself was, in fact, nominated for two Academy Awards that year. It was nominated for... Amy, hit me up. Hold on one second. Oh, God. <laughs> Best Cinematographer. There we go. And Best Art Director. That's right. It uh, lost to Wally Feister for Cinematography. For uh, Sorry, Wally Feister lost to Pan's Labyrinth, uh, which... I can see that happening. Pan's I a thousand percent can agree with that. Yeah, it's like that's a it's Pan's Labyrinth is a very well done, good looking film. So kudos to you. And best art direction also lost to Pan's Labyrinth as well. It was a big year for Pan's Labyrinth, as we all know. It didn't uh, it didn't didn't go home with the big prize, best foreign language film, but it did walk away with a a lot of tech awards. I think it was one of the big winners of that evening. I think it's got spread around that. And it's very that, well remembered. Yeah, oh, it's extreme. It's one of Del Toro's 
finest achievements. I would say probably better than The Shape of Water. But I, I need to. Uh, I would need to see The Shape of Water again to really, to really fully grasp that. No, but it's I a... agree with you on that. All right, all right. Uh, yes. Um. Well, Amy, I think you were not around. You were not around for our full discussion of The Departed. I was not. That You're... was before my time. That was before your time. What are your What are your thoughts on there and the other four nominees for Best Picture? Just ever so briefly. I liked The Departed. Okay. It makes me really sad that that's the movie that Martin Scorsese got an award for. And it makes me sad that out of all of his movies to have won Best Picture, that it's that and not Goodfellas or Wolf of Wall Street or Taxi Driver or Raging Bull. Last Temptation of Christ or anything. Casino. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the one we're going to give it to. But it's a fine movie. I don't love it. But it is a fine film. Fine, fine movie. Yeah. Uh, Babel never saw it. Little Miss Sunshine is on the Amy Thompson Top 100. I love. <laughs> I love it. I love all the, every single thing about it. It's perfect. Uh, Letter from Iwo Jima. I'm probably never gonna see that movie. And The Queen, which I really liked a lot. No, oh, I was, I was. A lot, a lot, a lot. We, we we differ quite a quite a bit here. I I enjoy the Departed. Departed's fine. I think the Infernal Affair, Affairs is better. The uh, the the film it was based off of. Babel's solid work. I not the biggest fan of Little Miss Sunshine. I know that makes me sound like a grouch. I don't. It does. I I am like uh, I, I think this was, a, was yeah this was the I mean I haven't I haven't seen it since 2006 because I'm like I didn't I didn't like it then why would I want to, why would I want to see it now but that was like my like I'm. T- like early twenties, I'm like just into the city. I'm like, oh, screw this, this, this saccharine, just whatever fluff piece. What? No. At the time, it's been many years. I would like to revisit it. I do like. I would like to. Revisit it. I like the. I like the. I like the people. I like the filmmakers, the Pharisees. They're 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 solid work. Letters for Iwo Jima is a great movie. Much better in comparison to Flags of Our Fathers. Which is uh, it's the Clint Eastwood sort of like duology of World War II uh, Japanese uh, front uh, films. Really solid work. Uh, haven't, haven't, again, haven't revisited that. I think, and uh, the Queen. I'm just like Helen Mirren's fine in it, but uh, I would actually like to see the Queen How now. Old were you? Let me ask you a question. How old were you when Princess Diana was killed? It was ninety-seven. Yeah, it was fall because i had just started college that was my first week of, of college and like i remember that ba- that was a big event like yeah. the challenger explosion princess diana getting killed 9-11 those are like the big like world events that i really remember clearly in my life i don't remember the challenger explosion but i was born on the you day i would know i was literally <laughs> born the day of the challenger explosion like oh, Jan- so yep 20th of january 1983 boom that was me that was me. I so I was fourteen when Diana was killed, and yeah, so I don't quite. Rem- I like I think, like maybe I remember, but I also like like who the fuck cares? I don't like I'm not I'm not British <laughs> or anything, so why would I care? Um, so, uh, but Tony Blair was excellent, excellent. That that Michael Sheen, he he just he's up and down. He's in a lot of weird things. He's in Frost Nixon. He's great. In the Twilight movies. It's it's, no. it's weird. Yeah, it's 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 very strange, very strange. Disappointing. Uh, but uh, Helen Mirren, is, Helen, Helen Mirren, I'm not gonna deny that she's excellent. James Cromwell. Oh yeah, oh yeah, as uh, f- uh as uh, Philip, 
uh, as, as Doctor Who in later years. And the screenplay is is very. Yeah, he's uh, yeah he uh, he I think the same guy would make the Crown as well, the uh, Netflix series, which is very very good. If you haven't if you haven't checked that out, you you have you. you I don't, I don't know what that, I don't know what that fallen, face is. If you haven't gotten on like the Claire Foy Express by now, you need to watch this because she's amazing. Oh, have you seen the girl in the, the girl in the spider's web? No, you haven't. Nobody has. And I'm not going to. So <laughs> there's that. I think that's what everyone kind of agreed. That like, got terrible reviews. Got terrible reviews. Anyways, uh, but getting back to the prestige, what what we're here for, I know. So so disappointing, right? Uh, I can see there are several notable snubs that I can see for this film, and I will just say that I've I've already mentioned it because I don't want to go I don't want to go too far in the uh, in the just like oh we'll just give the game away. But David Bowie, I think he's great. Uh, he's amazing for best supporting actor. It's a small role, but it's a very important role, and he's great in it. He's great in it. I he's good. And with all due respect, if he's winning for anything, it's for the Goblin King. He should win for the Goblin. And I love that cod piece, those pants. Yeah, every, everyone, everyone loves that. Everyone remembers that. I love Labyrinth. There are people out there who don't like Labyrinth, and I, 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 I just feel sad for them. I really do. He's, it's, it's a great movie. David Bowie's great, and we miss him. We miss him a lot. But uh, all right. We're going to take a short break and come back and discuss. Every magic trick consists of three parts or acts. The first part is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, a deck of cards, a bird, or a man. He shows you this object. Perhaps he asks you to inspect it. To see that it is indeed real. Now, unordinary, normal. But of course, it probably isn't. Oh, did you think you were going? Oh, the bloody axe, you fool! takes the ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary. Now, you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it. Because, of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. I want to be fooled. clap yet because making something disappear isn't enough you have to bring it back that's why every magic trick has a third act the hardest part the part we call the prestige I'm going to give my 
very brief, entirely uninformed opinion on this. Having never read the book, The Prestige, <laughs> by Christopher Priest, I am going to go out on a limb and say that the movie's better. Everything I have read about the book, I have read the plot summary, the synopsis, makes me go, you know, there are some times, like in Lord of the Rings, when the movie just gets the story better than you. Christopher Priest has gone on record saying, I wish I had thought of that numerous times for numerous things the movie does. So maybe one day I'll get around to the book, but I think I will just be comparing it to the movie the whole time and going, what is this nonsense? There's a ghost Angier in this now or something. And he's got to put himself back in the, like, no, no, please. Let's just, Jonathan Nolan, you are a brilliant man. You know how to rework things like Westworld, like this. And kudos to you for uh, doing what you did on this. Uh, Christopher Priest, I will one day get to your book and maybe some of your other books. No, we'll see. you've got better books to read. I, I have so many <laughs> books to read. You've told me, you give me like a dozen books to read. I'm like, God damn it. All right. This is a battle between Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. And uh, I got we, we got to talk about, uh, I think, Oscar watch, like male, like crush fan favorite Hugh Jackman. How well cast? Is he well cast in this as this character? Oh, he's so good. This so good. is the kind of role where he is like on fire. Yeah, he gets to, uh, he gets the dazzle. Like he, like you put it, you need to. Because he's a theatrical actor. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's a song, he's a song and dance man. He's, he's, he's he great. is. And so when people only know him for like his action movies, it's like if you ever saw the Oscars that he hosted, that whole opening song and dance, he looked like he was having the absolute greatest time of his entire life. He also toast, hosted the Tony Awards about yes. years ago when he and he did the whole number from The Boy from Oz. And it was like he just comes to life. He is a showman. He is also quite docile. Yes. He can uh, and, and he can he can bench press the two of us combined and still like put our kids on top of us. And he so. also seems like the nicest guy that ever lived. Yeah. And uh, like he's got a really awesome sense of humor. Oh. Yeah. Why Hugh Jackman? Why Hugh Jackman is not a bigger star? I don't understand. Do you think? All right. He. No, but like, but like a bigger, like he. Because everyone thinks, unfortunately, everyone thinks of him as Wolverine. He's so much more than that. Those of us who do not limit him to comic book movies don't see him as just Wolverine. That that wounds wounds. He's he's great as Angier. uh, The the showboaty one do you is he is he up for the task of handling the darker stuff in the movie let's see yes we'll, we'll okay you, you think so yes. he's, he's it's not even like a segue yes he a thousand percent is because okay. he's also as much of a showman as he is he's also a fine actor yeah he's a, he's a fine actor do you feel yourself do you ever do you ever root for any of these guys for either for either angier or borden the perfect thing first okay. First thing that was really good is they cast Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale. Both men, phenomenal actors. Okay. Both men, absolutely stunningly handsome. Where were we going with this? I'm stuck on that. This is, <laughs> uh, I'm pulling a Blanche Devereaux from, from the Golden Girls. Where were we? 
But they're such fine actors, and they're very equally matched in all of those ways. So it's not like one of them kind of pales in comparison to the other one. They both really shine. They both shined really well. Yeah. They were cast as the right magician. And I love that throughout the movie, you do go back and forth. Because when um, Angier's wife is killed and he does it and the guy's like, I don't know what kind of knot I tied around her wrists for that stunt. I was like, you can't really blame him for being like, I'm going to spend the rest of my life trying to destroy you. You get it. And you're pissed because he doesn't even seem that upset that he's did it. What kind of knots did you use? And he's devastated. And he's like, I don't know. But I don't remember. I don't remember. Like, I'd kick his ass. I'd yeah. go full, like, Wolfman. I'd, like, Hugh Jackman kick his ass. And then you like Christian Bale part of the time. And the parts that you like him, you find out at the end why there's one version and one version you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... And then you kind of want them to destroy each other. And then it gets interesting because then you kind of sit back and just go, they're both kind of, they're both so deeply flawed, but they're both, because they're both so similar, they both just want to be the best, have to be the best. They're so competitive. They're obsessed with it. Yeah. And they're obsessed and with each beyond. other. Yes. And it's cool. It's cool to watch that. Yeah. It's it's cool, but uh, a lot of the criticism leveled at the movie has been that these are two very unlikable characters because they're so they they destroy everything or they destroy their families, they destroy themselves, they kind of destroy the laws of nature. Uh, if you if you think about it, they uh, uh, all all in this pursuit of destroying them and i and i do see that but the uh where the where the likability <laughs> of the characters may like fail you and i and i actually like the i and i don't i don't find them like i don't want to hang out with these guys i want to see them perform uh but yeah. but but you know there's there's likable and there's interesting and these guys are not likable these guys are very interesting and so where the likability fails, you have the the rest of you have their story to pick up the slack. And this is a very well crafted story. And I was um was watching this and I've been developing a theory about Christopher Nolan uh over the having watched a lot of his movies. And I think Christopher Nolan is if the perfect movie for Christopher Nolan would be a movie that like I I don't know how to explain it in the right terms, but it's essentially it is all the scenes of a movie played at once side by side. So you can and you can pick and you can watch them however you want to because I think Christopher Nolan, more than any other mainstream director, is a director who is a obsessed with obsession. All of his all look at look at watch all of his movies. All of his characters are like they are they are fanatical in their obsession, their pursuit of something. But he is also the only mainstream director who is obsessed with time and is interested in how time can be used. And film offers him a way to fold back time, like he fold back time, like he folds back cities in Inception. And even there, there's there's a time element. Interstellar features time travel inception you have the like time runs differently the lower down you go 
memento has has you dealing with the how one perceives time, where you are in time. Dunkirk is like it's several weeks of a story compressed into this little thing, and you get a sense of you know you'd say like this this one story is a one week, this one story is a day, and this one story is an hour. And he he is so he loves playing with time in his in his movies. Even some of the like you know, like, the, like maybe not so much the Batman movies and whatnot. Those are those are very ABC, but he, I think he is experimenting here in the Prestige by uh, the the use of the narrative structure of the journals that they have. The journals, so you know, it's the the, the present set. The present setting is essentially Christian Bale. Alfred Borden is in jail, awaiting his execution. And he has this journal, and he's reading this journal. That is, that is, that is, that is, that is, that is happening now. Everything else is happening then, but it keeps. But where the then happens is fascinating because the then goes back and forth and jumps forward and then jumps back and again and again. And uh, you can you can see no you see Nolan who's he just he just had Batman Begins come out, so he's got he's got a little heat on him, and he hasn't gotten. The Dark Knight out yet, so he's not Christopher Nolan yet. He's like, oh, this guy, he made Memento, he made Batman Begins. What else? He kind of stumbled on Insomnia. He is trying to do his best in the mainstream film by going by creating something that is not a stream at all. It's a, it's like a pool of scenes that just collect together and tell a story, and he does it uh, extremely well. Uh, and I, I, I think, I think there will come a point where. Christopher Nolan will become so popular and so like he will have all the power. Well, he will create a uh you'll create a movie where the effect will happen before the cause of things. It'll be like some weird irreversible film but without all of the horribleness of having to watch Irreversible, which is a very tough tough movie uh yes. to to, uh, to sit through uh cuz you know he I think he is fundamentally opposed to the laws of causality and he would rather just Show you show you things as he thinks they should happen. Whether you know whether it's you know this this happens and then therefore this you know because cause and effect. I think he doesn't he doesn't like them so much, and I love that about him. I love that about him. Uh, and which is I mean I actually this is the first time I thought about this in terms of the prestige. But uh, you know what is, what is a what is a journal? I've been journaling a lot. What is a journal but a record of of time spent and how you and you can go back in time. Just by going back uh, to reading a certain a certain date, and that's what the that's what the characters do. And the journals are kind of these major plot points for both the characters. And I love and I love that they're also big fuck you to the characters because it's like I know you're reading this journal. Uh, what are you gonna do about it? And he's like, what? And the other one's like, oh, he knew I was reading the journal. I'm, it's, it's it's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna go way back to the beginning. Okay, yeah. What you're saying. Um. Are they, quote-unquote, good, like, noble characters? They're not, but it bothers me that a critic would use that as a, like, complaint against the movie. Why do we have to like every character? That's ridiculous. But to say that, oh, they're not likable, so what? That's a flaw in the movie? Well, it's it's not necessarily a flaw. I think it's just a, like, if you want to go have a good time, don't go see this movie. Oh, they should see this movie. Completely ridiculous. Um, but 
it's not just about these two characters. It's not just a story. I felt in a lot of ways that one of the themes of it is what we have to achieve, what we have to do to achieve perfection. And a lot of the people that try or arguably that we say mm -hmm. create perfection in art, particularly, and in science, as the movie also shows, yes. they're not these warm, soft, fuzzy people. No. And I think that that's part of it. It's about the artistic process. It, you know, I mean, you look at Amadeus, Salieri in Mozart, not these great, cuddly, warm characters, but they sought perfection. They were competitive. They wanted to be the best. And they were willing to sacrifice everything they had to get there. And we've talked about directors before. Alfred Hitchcock was not always the nicest guy in the world. John Ford not always the nicest mm -hmm. guy in the world. Stanley Kubrick was abusive to his actors. And so you get into the theme of what do we do for our art? How far is too far to go? Yeah. Is that do the ends justify the means? By the end, the guy has his perfect magic act, gig, trick, mm -hmm. what have you, whatever you want to call it. But at what cost? Right. And it's... uh it's such a cost and that's a theme but that's a theme that i love yeah it's and, a theme that i love yeah that uh, what are what are we willing to do to achieve perfection black swan i love that theme that's one of the top 10 amy thomason themes in a movie <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah and uh yeah but largely, it's it's funny how it's always painted as a negative. Like we have to yeah. go in, we have to, we have to be. Spoiler alert, people! Uh, Christian Bale is actually two characters. He's Alfred Borden, and he's this other character named Fallon. They are t identical twin brothers who are living one life to achieve this magic trip trick called the transported man. Hugh Jackman hates Borden. Doesn't know that there are two brothers. Because Borden was responsible for his, the death of yeah, his for, wife. Yeah, for and that's a legit beef. And yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely it's a legit beef. Kind of an act. A, a legit beef. Responsible for his, the death of his wife. Yeah, and didn't seem very upset about the fact that he killed his wife. He didn't seem very like, oh, I'm really sorry about that. By the way, no. Yeah, so it becomes a game of one upsmanship. It's all right. Borden is doing this, so uh, Angier goes and. With the help of played by Hugh Jackman, yeah, Hugh Jackman goes and with the help of uh, David Bowie as as uh, Nikola Tesla creates a machine that says, "All right, Born, you're going to you're going to transport yourself across the room. I am going to make a clone of myself, murder him, and be elsewhere as well." So, fuck you. I'm 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 throwing up throwing up the fingers, and it's because uh, at first he used a double. Right. At first, he was a, a brilliant double, where which is also Hugh Jackman, who's playing this <laughs> drunk actor, and you're like, oh, he's he's just having so much fun. Which is so funny to watch. Root, yeah, root, root, root is root is really great. But it's why why do we have to like why do we have to literally kill ourselves for our art? Why like why why like why is that the theme? Why is that the end goal? Well, he didn't a lot of kill himself. No, no, he didn't. Kill other people. <laughs> Because oh. he's the one that wanted the applause at the end. Right, he wants because it gets into the the whole bit about an ego too. Yeah, it gets it, but it, it it does it well within the world because he wants you know he wants to be he doesn't want to be the man in the box. He wants to be the prestige, 
But he now he, he can be both. When, and I love when Bale says that to Scarlett Johansson when he's like, how does he feel being under the stage, stage. not getting the applause? Because he knows! Yeah, he knows. he knows. Oh, it's... it's and they're, and they're so, like, wicked. They're so, like... <laughs> yeah, it's... I'm going to get you now. Yeah, and it's, uh, it's just watching them go back and forth fourth and uh using the using using michael kane who's like the the uh the engineer not an engineer it's an engineer he makes he makes all the contraptions for the magic trick and and yeah and, and, oh yeah oh he's, he's he's fabulous and then like you know using scarlett johansson who's the new uh who's the new assistant and just it's just watching them just go through this and for what and yet even at the end when everything is on fire and one of our and our character is dying, and he says it was worth it for their faces. You go, you know, I, I don't know if that's true, but I believe that you believe it's true, and so, yeah, because, man, being if you like, imagine Amy, imagine being in the audience. Hugh Jackman is performing. Imagine Hugh Jackman oh. as a magic show. Oh my God, I would. I need a minute. I need a need a minute. But then he then he does the. The transported man, like, what do you what do you think of the world now? You've never seen the Prestige. You don't know what's happening. It just like, just tell me, tell me what what do you imagine is happening? Like, what is going through your head? I, w- I would just be amazed and shocked and and full of awe. Yeah, it, as I often am when I look at Hugh Jackman and how handsome he is. Yeah, and he's sixty now, fifty. So he's very. He's, but he, yeah, oh yeah, he's he's he's. He's an old, he's an old, he's an older man, but he keeps in. I mean, he's is amazing. It's fifty. My, he must my, just eat grilled chicken and like work out all the time. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. Uh, Nolan has been accused of being a very, shall we say, cold filmmaker. Uh, he focuses that. Uh, he focuses on characters that are, as say, as we say, really unlikable. Okay. Yeah, who yeah, who cares? Who cares? So but fun. Yes. But but very interesting. But, uh, very interesting. I love it. However, uh on that same note, how do you feel about Nolan's representation of women? Uh you can specifically this film, but also in the other works that you have seen. Cuz Okay, the, I've literally seen this in like the Batman movie, where in Batman films the chick is usually pretty expendable, which is why they're always only in one movie. Well, no, they really didn't want to hire Katie Holmes again, and then she had, and then uh, what's her, Rachel had to die in the second one to really make it but work. It's the chick, it's who gives because Katie Holmes is a terrible actress. Oh, she was so t- oh god, she's so no, terrible she's in Batman. Everything you don't understand this. I have been like irrational hatred for her. Like I hate. I'm underlining it. Katie Holmes. Wow. But not I don't a, want not to get a, off on a whole tangent. Not a fan oh, of no, Dawson's Creek. It's not just like, eh, she kind of annoys me. Like, I want bad things to happen to her. Okay. Like, all right. Okay. I this, all right, all right take, taking this but, film. But that character is so expendable that it doesn't even matter because the, the roles of the women just don't even matter. In this one, they're sort of whores who get in the way. Okay. Is that. They're not the, really that meaty. It doesn't matter who you cast. I mean, yeah, if you cast Katie Holmes, it's going to suck and be terrible. But you didn't necessarily need Scarlett Johansson's acting talents. It's like she was hot. Okay. Stick her in. All right. Casting aside, casting aside, is it 
problematic that the women are either fridged in that they are uh, two of the women are killed in the in this pursuit we have uh, Hugh Jackman's wife and uh, later Borden's wife kills herself in this used very maliciously by you know like Scarlett Johansson both. or by both yeah but yeah, by both of them or as a prize to be sought Borden's daughter who is kind of just a pawn in this in this whole thing as well and ultimately I think in the terms of the movie it makes sense okay because they're not these honorable guys. They're supposed to be dirtbags. Yes. And so, yeah, it would make sense because guess what? In the real world, there are people who treat women like that. Yeah. And is that... Do is, I think Nolan thinks that's how women should be treated? No. Yeah. See, yeah, I don't see... I don't think it's ever... If it is intentional, it is just because he is focusing on other th- things. Like, the criticism against Dunkirk was that there were... Uh, like a a large amount of I think uh, Sikh fighters on the beach as well, and he didn't focus on them. It's like I I I think his focus is so intent on telling his plot. He's very he's a very he's very plot driven, Nolan. That uh the character the smaller characters do get brushed aside, and that largely but in but yeah but that that does not. I don't have a problem with that, and I'm a feminist liberal gal but you know what that would be like critiquing another favorite director of ours david lean for being like well there's not a feminine perspective in lawrence of arabia and there's hardly any women in bridge on the river Kwai." it's like who cares right that's not the story he's trying to tell exactly if he added in a love story or whatever to lawrence of arabia it would have been completely asinine and ridiculous and I hate movies where they try to force a romance where there isn't a romance and there's a movie that we will discuss in the future where they try to jam a romance in there that does not belong and it's such a flaw. But I'm not going to get off Sorry, that. I'm just trying to think of which one it we'll might be. We'll talk later about that. Okay, okay fair enough. So he's, he's cold. My mother might describe him as she would Hemingway, very masculine. And so therefore... Side note... Joe Casey, I'm giving you a shout out on this point because Joe Casey, who requested this episode, and I have had at length discussions about one Mr. Ernest Hemingway. Okay, save it for another oh, podcast. Giving you a shout out, buddy. Save it for Hemingwatch. Ooh, I like that. No, Heming Reed. Whatever. Uh, uh, either ways, either ways, I don't think he is deliberately misogynist. I think he is just the the screenplays don't are focused so so intently on, on other things. And yes, the women do get uh, sort of put into these boxes where they are like, not the most well-developed characters. I love Rebecca Hall in this. She's uh, she's great as, as the as Borden's wife. And, you know, she was really great. Yeah, she, she's, she's always fabulous. But, and you know, he there's... loves her. There, that was a genuine love between them. Yeah, one of them, one of them do- totally did. One of them oh, the... devoted her her it's her line that are, line about today it's true, true. today you really love me uh, uh, and and how it how it changes like uh you mean, like you like you mean it today it just makes it worse when you don't like oh it just it and it kills me smart she is she's like there's something going on yeah yeah she, yeah and they never and you uh you uh, you told me during the break that you kind of saw what was ha- what was happening with Borden. Can you re- retell uh, that for the audience? The fact 
that there is a scene in the middle of the movie and it's quote unquote Fallon, Scarlett Johansson, the wife, and Christian Bale. I'm calling half of them by their actor names, <laughs> half of them by their character names. This is how my brain works. And Fallon is very clearly <laughs> Christian Bale in a mustache and a wig <laughs> and a hat that I thought that's clearly Christian Bale. Am I supposed to know that that's Christian Bale? Because that's a thousand percent Christian Bale. And I wasn't sure if it was supposed to kind of be like a nod and a wink to the audience. And then I thought, are they not supposed to realize it? And I thought this might be important later. Yeah. And then the twist happens. And I was like, I was less. (gasps) No. And more. uh, Okay. Yeah. Because the thing is they wear disguises the entire movie. They're always hiding and watching the shows with a wig and a mustache. So I just thought, hey, there's Christian Bale again with another disguise. Yeah, but why? But why, indeed? Um, I will admit to being terrible at figuring out where a film is going. I'm like, I, Sixth Sense, what? He's dead? Blows my mind. Just like, what is yeah, I... Beginning of the movie. I'm going to tell the story again. Okay. Like so my college roommate and I, I had already seen it. She and I watched it. It's like 15 minutes into the movie, and little Haley Joel Osment says to Bruce. Bruce Willis? Willis. <laughs> Sometimes dead people don't know they're dead. And my friend rolled her eyes and said, oh, God watch this. It's going to be that Bruce Willis is actually dead the whole time. And I almost just stopped the movie. It said, yep, that's it. Same. Good movie. Good movie to keep watching and regardless of, regardless of the okay. twist, but all right, I'm terrible at that. So that, that blew me away. Um, but what the joy of watching this film again, and I love, I love watching, I just love watching this movie is how the dialogue is so gripping with, uh, hints of what is to come uh, like the film like from li- the literal beginning of the movie the first shot of the film is this group of hats in a forest and christian bale says in voiceover are you watching closely and you know what i never was because i didn't know what the hell to look for as soon as we saw the hats i should have known something was up after we determined that, oh, like, yeah, these, this is your hat. They're all your hats. Like, what's what's happening here? I, I, I still did not piece things together at that point. But uh, so it's just all these like little, these little things, these little scenes that sh- that that add up to the whole tap- tapestry of the film. There's the there's that scene where uh, the like this cheesy mu- ma- magician makes the bird disappear. You know. Smashes the mm-hmm. smashes the cage down. Yeah, and that re- was kind of disturbing. I was like, I really wish I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm like, I yeah, I like, I'm like, I suspected that, but to to see it like that, but you have that little kid going, you know, who's crying, and and Christian Bell's like, no, no, he's fine, he's fine. See, he's right here. It's like, but where's his brother? And you go, oh, I like, I I see what you're what you're doing there. It's this movie definitely gets better each time you watch it. Absolutely. I was, like I said, I was like, it's the first this is good. Time you're trying to just sort of figure it out and follow along. And then you watch it again. You're like, it's like, 
this Avalos movie yeah this movie is smart the screenplay is very and smart I on this love one. the glee that they take in fucking each other over oh yeah oh yeah it's good like that <laughs> they're i mean they're practically twirling mustaches and have capes because they're just so villainous I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, they're reading each other's journals and they're like, damn you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other guy got his laugh and they both get their digs. They do. And like, and, the, and, and the, the beauty is that we're not supposed to go, oh, yeah, I'm rooting for Hugh Jackman or, oh, I'm rooting for Christian Bale. It's like, I'm rooting, I'm rooting for Michael Caine. I want Michael Caine to be okay in this one because he's awesome and, and, and whatnot. The, even the women are like, that they're obsessed with each other. They're not even as much as they love the women that they're with. They're more obsessed with each other. They're more like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how did he do it? You have yeah. to find out. And then you have to double cross them and then double cross them back again. And yeah, it's Scarlett Johansson's like, fuck both of you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great. Uh, we're running low on time. I do want to talk about. Uh, you're not a fan of David Bowie in this movie, apparently. Uh, no. no. <sighs> Sorry, I'm putting words Sometimes in your mouth. I just can't live. I never said I was not a fan of his. I merely said that his best performance on screen was the Goblin King. Yeah. Well, we and just did. because someone that. does not think that they warrant an Academy Award does not mean that I did not like their performance. All right, it just it just seemed like David you were Bowie, down on this movie. You are Starman, wherever you are, do not listen to my co-host. All right, fine, okay. I love David Bowie in this. I love Nikola Tesla. Proponent of free of free energy was developing a way to make that happen. So the the a bits genius of, himself. A, by the way, uh, a very under that fits into the but it fits into the narrative. Yeah, an un, uh, a genius they didn't just in make up some random guy. Yeah, so, not only a genius, but a genius yeah. involved in his own rivalry with Thomas Edison, father of motion pictures. Hence. Uh, Joe and Edie. Probably why maybe Hollywood wasn't big on it because we kind of owe Edison literally the movies at, at this point. But I, um, the the scenes in Colorado with him, because they are science, that makes them even cooler. Because like I I, I love futuristic technology in an old timey setting. Like this is turn of the century is in like 1900s, but we have fucking cloning machine how it works <coughs> don't know don't care i i love how they do not even get into the mechanics of it they just go this is da this is david bowie as nikola tesla he's a mad genius they thought maybe he was making a death ray at one point he could do whatever of course he made a cloning machine he just accidentally created one like it's it's it, as, but actually essentially what david bowie created and uh, fun fact, sci-fi nerds, he created a Star Trek transporter that just happened to not kill the original as uh, before they beamed down to the planet. Because I don't know if you ever, I don't know if you ever been transported. I know I haven't, but at the first time you see Kirk get beamed down to the planet, that is not the same Kirk that you are seeing. the the one The one who arrives is not the same one who left. He's a recon reconfigured version of the person and you destroy the other one and at one point in star trek next generation they did the same to Riker, but the other the first version was not destroyed and it became a whole thing so hashtag nerd cred right there 
A lot of fun. Amy, what would you do with the, with the machine? You can clone anything. What would you clone? Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman. Solid answers. Fine. I like it. I like it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to like clone a bunch of like, ham sandwiches and give them out to people or anything? You're, oh, well, yeah. I mean, if we're talking just fantasy and ideal here, I mean, come on. I could buy sandwiches to give them to people. I can make ham and cheese sandwiches. Okay, all right. That was a poor example, but you know, Hugh Jackman, Christian Bale would be. Uh, that's a, that's a solid choice. It's Rebecca Hall, Scarlett Johansson. I could do that. And clone David Bowie again. That'd be fun. Oh. Yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Miss you. And even 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 Andy Serkis as uh, as Ali, who's uh, his little his little minion. I love seeing I love seeing Andy Serkis not in any sort of CGI because he's actually a really good actor. And he's, he's a very good actor, and looking at his eyes, he has those golem eyes. He will always have those golem eyes. I, I, Unpopular opinion. Golem is cute and would make a cute little pet. Yeah, no. He's cute. Yeah, he's cute. I don't, I don't think that's unpopular. I think, I think, I think he is, I no, think he husband, is adorable. I, sh- I threw around the idea of Golem as a middle name for one of our kids, and he was like, no. Man, that's... He's um, cute, though. Is. It's like a little monkey. Yeah, I love when he's just. Anyway, no, I can can't talk about Lord of the Rings. Did you see uh, the ending comes? We have twist upon twist happening. You suspected something with Borden. Did you put piece together what was no, going on with Angier? I pieced together that I thought they were twins, and they did it the way they just did it, like they were twins, and everyone knew they were twins. I didn't know that they were actually living as one person. Okay. That was that was the baffling part. That was the baffling that part. They were twins. I thought it was just he goes in, the other guy comes out. Huzzah! Yeah, but the Angier I really reveal. Understand. I guess I didn't really understand why they didn't Sa- live as twins. Why they only lived one life? Sacrifice, Robert. The price of a good trick. But you wouldn't know anything about that, would you? That's a, that's a quote. It is a quote. All right. Uh, but uh, Robert's sacrifice is he clones himself and the clone falls into a pit of, uh, falls into a locked chest of water and drowns. And did you see, did you see, did you see that coming? Did you see, did, did you piece together what was going on with, with his version of no, the same trick? No, I didn't pick up on that either. Because really by the end, it's like surprise, surprise, twist, 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 twist. So. As I'm catching up on the twists, there's another twist being thrown in. Yeah. Was it a bit too, a bit too much? No. It was no? just enough, but it took me a minute to be like, okay, so hang on a sec. Like, let's back up a little bit and kind of go through what was going on. Yeah. I loved the the twist in this. I, lo- I love how <clears throat> re-watching this movie, it loses none of its impact. You, and you gain a better understanding of this because you can kind of enjoy the ending a yeah yeah we, because step you, you you can step back oh it's you yeah it becomes a mystery like how like how deep is this gonna go and it's there i'm still picking up on things years later having watched this film many many times uh, i uh i i adore it i adore the dogged pursuit of perfection the obsession uh, both behind the camera and in front of the camera, the story being told. It's a great, it's a great story about the limits of science and, uh, and 
human desire that I think uh, deserves deserves a better a better standing in in, in history, uh, honestly. So uh, we come to it now. Uh, should the Prestige have been nominated for Best Picture? If yes, why? And should it have been nominated? And what else should it have been nominated for at the at the Oscars? Um, sure, it deserves a nomination. I don't think any of the movies that year were really that amazing. That there's like I liked The Departed. I love Little Miss Sunshine, so I'm just keeping those in there. But neither one of them is such a like. It's not a year where you have like a The Godfather or, you know yeah, what I no, mean. Yeah, it's kind of true. a it's kind of a meh. Yeah. So we're saving up for 2007. Actually, that's a a solid year right there. Now my brain is like, I don't even know what came out that year. But don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I'd get rid of Babel. No one talks about it. Has anyone even seen that movie? Besides you. Exactly. Stick it in there. Um, Best director. It's not going to win over. Marty. No. No. Ever. I'm never going to take one away from him. Uh. Possibly in the best actor category for Jackman and for Bale. I, I, th- still, I still wouldn't give, I don't think I'd give Bowie a nominee for that. Yeah. I, I, th- I think if you nominated both of them, I like, I don't think that would happen. I, I think maybe Hugh Jackman, just because he, he actually gets to play a, like a little other character at one point. He gets to play the, the drunk guy. I think he has a but better chance of being. So does Bale. Bale plays Fallon. And yeah, but he has to play kind of two versions of the same. Yeah, thing. yeah, that's, but that, but yeah, the Fallon, Fallon's like quiet and mute, and like it's more of it's more of the it's more of the makeup there. I think I think Root has you know you have Hugh Jackman being a lot more fun. Uh, so if I had to give it to one of them, I would give it to Jackman. Would definitely put in David Bowie for supporting actor. I just love his look, his style. I think it's uh it's you know, he does he does a lot with the little he's given. Uh, original <laughs> score is uh, top notch. Uh, hard to listen to outside of the movie, but perfect for the film itself. The visual effects are just great enough. Uh, yeah, makeup, 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 sound mixing. And I would definitely give this a uh, best adapted screenplay nomination for adapting what sounds like an okay book and making it into an extraordinary movie. Like that's that's what we should be giving things to. It's like mm-hmm. like it's whatever the book is whatever, but the movie is amazing. And uh, best director for Christopher Nolan, who uh, he's only gotten the one for and Dunkirk, which is madness. Yeah, madness, and I, I tell agree you. with the ones, and I agree with the ones that's nominated for art direction. I, but over Pan's Labyrinth, no. Yeah, no, no, it's it's not happening. And and, cinemat- and, and the cinematography is great because Wally Feister is uh, one of one of the best. Uh, I, regardless of like, yes, I would nominate for best picture. I'd probably take out. I'd probably take out. Uh, I probably I might take out Babel. I might take out Little Miss Sunshine just to spite you. I'm not sure. But uh, my favorite film of 2006, one that I am sad was not nominated, but uh, nominated for best picture was nominated for uh, least best director and best adapted screenplay was Children of Men. And that is the movie I am dying to talk about. One of my favorite movies of the decade as well. So far, my experience with that is my husband telling me how much he hated that movie and doesn't understand why people like it. Oh, my God. Um, Anyway, so uh, last question. You've seen – so this is the – just to recap, this is the – you've seen three Nolan movies, and this is is the first one, number one for you? Just sort of by default. Oh, as in favorite? As in yeah. favorite, yeah. As in yes. favorite. Okay. Oh, I didn't like The Dark Knight. 
fans at home, feel free to send me hate mail. Please do. And <laughs> Inception didn't do it for me. I respect it. It was, you know, it's well it's made Inception. all that stuff. But I have no desire to ever watch it again. Okay. Well, then, guess what? We're going to watch this Inception at some point. It's going to be. We're going to watch all of them. And then we're going to watch all of the movies you want me to see. And it'll be fine. Okay? Sound good? And one of us will be better off. So cold. So cold. Uh, I think Prestige. I have an opinion. I spoke, I, sorry, I sp- I spoke uh, incorrectly. Uh, Memento is Christopher Nolan's best movie. I love that. I think Prestige is number two. Then it's Dark Knight. And then there are others. Then we'll, then we'll just play jazz with the rest of them. But, but I, I love the Prestige. It, to me, the Prestige is a well shit movie. It's... I need something on in the background while I go do other things. And Prestige is on. Well, shit, I guess I'm not getting anything done because I'm watching the Prestige. I know it's I've seen it. A, I've seen it a dozen times. I will see it a dozen more before I'm before I'm through. It's uh, it's wonderful, wonderful. I tell you, I tell you. And uh, we it is are good movie, and I will definitely watch it again. Yeah, and we are running out of time. So thank you so much for listening to the Oscar Watch podcast. If you have thoughts and opinions on Amy's dislike of The Dark Knight, please write in to OscarWatchPodcast at gmail.com, and we will probably read those on air because that would be a whole lot of fun. And thank you to Joe and Edie Casey for your great listener request this week. I love any excuse to watch this movie, so thank you so much. And be sure to find us on Facebook at OscarWatchPod. And until next time, happy holidays, and... We'll see you on there.